This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's get to the NBA and some money we can make tonight in the association. Let's start off in New York as the Knicks are hosting the Pacers. We've got the Knicks three and a half point home favorites, total of 240 and a half. Jenks, you have won yourself some coin betting on the Knicks. Are you mm-hmm. doing it tonight? Well, let's see here. What did I write down, Chelsea? You know what? I don't think I am, believe it or not, because now they're without Julius Randle. So, you know, he's not going to be playing for a few weeks because of of this issue. So while the Knicks are getting weaker, I think the Pacers are getting stronger. Tyrese Halliburton is back for Indiana. He's on a minute's restriction. So, but he is back in the lineup. Pacers have covered three of their last four. They covered the other night in Boston. I I just, as much as I like the Knicks, I need to see them and how they're going to, how they're going to play without such a significant piece of their lineup. So normally I've been on the Knicks a lot this season. They won't need some money, but now that they're banged up, I got to pass on this one. I guess I would take the Pacers, maybe. I think it's, it's hard for me to go against the Knicks here. Because they have been scorching hot fire as of late. Eight straight wins covering in eight of their last 10 matchups. And the under's been hot. So let's walk down that road for just a second. What about a total here? We know New York plays pretty solid defense. They don't have Julius Randle filling up the stat sheet. We've got a total that has already sunk from 242 when it opened to 238 and a half. Now it's 237 and a half. This one is sinking like a rock. Do you think the mm-hmm. money is headed in the right direction? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Also, when when it, at least for me, and I, again, it's important to always point out, you never just follow the money blindly. But if I see a couple of defensive teams who have normally hit the under, and then I see a total drop this many points, then I think you just, by virtue of the movement, Chelsea, I think it's worth a look. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you have yeah. guys out that normally would provide a scoring punch. It makes sense. I think the problem is sometimes the Pacers are not the best defensively. And they do That's play true. at a very fast pace, which they are aptly named the Pacers. But also, this mm-hmm. is a pretty high total. You know, sitting at uh, 237 and a half where it currently sits. I think I would look at the under, but consider some of the questionables in this matchup before you bet on it og Ananobi is questionable julius randall we said out and for the pacers tyrese halliburton again going to be on that minutes restriction uh let's go next to boston lakers celtics and what looks to be a great matchup but the spread says otherwise celtics laying 10 and a half we know this is not the lakers team of past years middling right around 500 total of 240 and a half another high total here jenks are you laying the big number with the celtics yeah i am i'm gonna do it why not you think magic johnson is gonna go into the garden and beat larry bird no way man no way not the way robert parrish is playing here's the thing boston has been pretty good at covering the number at home this season not the best in the league but certainly more often than not they do but the lakers away from home chelsea i mean They've just been so bad. Nine and 15 against the spread. That's fourth worst in the NBA. And the Lakers just not playing well right now. And I think I'm also influenced by the fact that LeBron James was talking about that Hawks loss. And he was essentially saying, yeah, 
we're not that good of a basketball team on any given night. Sure, we can win. We can also lose on any given night. I know AD didn't play down in Atlanta, but this is a Lakers team that even when it's at full strength struggles. So it's a big number, but I would lean Celtics actually. I think this is one that you got to wait and see. Uh, it looks like we have question marks next to mm-hmm. the biggest stars on LA. LeBron and AD both questionable for this game. And that's probably why you're seeing such a big number. But like you said, Boston has been a wagon at home. Maybe not against the spread, but straight up at home this year. A blistering 22-2. and two. They are very good when they are playing in Boston. So I'd lean towards the Celtics, but it is a pretty sizable number. Let's go to Memphis. Grizzlies and Cavs squaring off. Cavs laying five and a half. Total of 218 and a half. Jenks, you've been riding the unders. I believe on some of these Grizzlies games, maybe it depends on the matchup, but we've got another great defensive team coming to Memphis here, but the total's kind of low at 216 mm-hmm. and a half. It did open at 218 and a half. Is this another underplay? Yes, it is. And you can still find it right now. I need to double check, but you can still find it at 219 in a place or Ooh. two. I'll I'll triple check that. I, I'm definitely going to be on the under here. This is going to be my one play for today. Mm-hmm. And it's the back end of a back-to-back for the Cavs. I think they're going to be playing on tired legs. The Grizzlies are terrible offensively. We understand why. John Morant out for the season. But the key here really is the defensive play on both sides because the Cavs are third overall in points allowed. The Grizz are in the top 15, but they've played better recently. Also, this is still, when you're talking about Memphis, the second best under team in all of basketball. So I love this play. I'm under. Hopefully I can I can find that number again. I'll double check. But I'm going to go under tonight in Memphis, yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling. Uh, Memphis is at the under in four of their last five. And if you look at the injury report, my goodness, it's really long. Like, it doesn't even fit on, like, one scroll. You have to keep scrolling. They have so many guys that are injured, that are out. It has been a very tough year for Memphis. And Cleveland, like you said, really good Mm -hmm. defensively. So love that play as well. Next up, let's go to the Sixers and the Jazz. Jazz laying four and a half. The Sixers, of course, I believe still waiting on what's going to be going on with Joel Embiid, if I am not mistaken. I know that was the big concern coming out of the other night. Uh, He came out of the game pretty early. Uh, He's out for this game, and that's why the Jazz are favored. Also playing at home here, uh, where they've been pretty good, 15-6 and so far this season. So the Sixers team is Mm. kind of flailing. They've lost four straight. Are the Jazz the play? Yeah, they have to be, right? Don't you just have to go with the Jazz here? I I, I think you do. And here's the thing. Even before, like even before Joel Embiid was out of the lineup, the Sixers were struggling. I believe they had lost four straight. So you're talking about a Sixers team that was already playing poorly. Now their best player is out. And the Jazz just happened to be the best covering team in basketball when playing at home. So let's go with the Jazz. It's a short number. And then since it's in Salt Lake City, we'll all be in bed by 10 o'clock. Ooh, (laughs) that is true. (laughs) I do think the Jazz are the play there. I was listening to, uh, I think it was an NBA station on Sirius XM. Mm -hmm. They were talking about uh, how the NBA has made these rules so players actually have to play more games. And they were trying to discuss Joel Embiid and saying, okay, how much of this is he – you know, actually hurt? Is he actually like resting himself? Or how much mm-hmm. of this is 
you know, maybe doesn't want to play some of these games. And you could say that for just about any any NBA player. But for Joel Embiid, I feel like the conversation is a little different because I think we keep forgetting he is a massive human. Do you ever think how hard it is on his body to run up and down a court for an entire season of basketball? And this is why I wouldn't bet on him to win the MVP for the longest mm-hmm. of times. So do you think it's fair for some of these NBA players to take rest days? Or do you think they should be playing through it? I know it's a complicated question, but I think this is probably the biggest problem they have in the NBA, at least Mm -hmm. from a fan perspective, because people want to see the superstars when a team comes to their town. The NBA has two problems. Number one is what you mentioned, the superstar aspect. I don't have an issue with a player taking a break. I get that if you're a big guy like a Joel Embiid, that being on the road or playing a lot of games can take their toll. It's the amount of days off. I think that's the real issue. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind rest. It's just when on a regular basis, and Adam Silver's had to address this, you're talking about guys who are constantly taking days off, Mm -hmm. constantly taking days off. And there's a difference between resting and then maybe just taking advantage of the system a little bit. And then secondly, I think the lack of defense sounds like a – like it not even sounds like it is becoming more and more of an issue where you're seeing fouls called that aren't really fouls and we're seeing ridiculous scores. And again, there's always, there's always a healthy balance you can strike. I'm not trying to go back to the, the nineties when we were seeing 83, 79 games, but at some point I think it just takes away from the sport when you're stripping away an aspect of the game that is so very important, which is great defensive play. And so I think those are two things that the NBA can solve. And you can find a happy medium. Everybody wants to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Scoring is great. But I think those are the two primary issues that are that the NBA is facing right now is getting your stars on the court and also maybe adjusting the rules a little bit where defense matters and it's not just an all-star game half the time. Here's what I will say about the NBA. It does feel like they at least make an effort to correct whatever is going on because they did make the 65-game eligibility rule, and that's why I think people are talking about it because Magic Johnson went on the record and said, like, he loves this rule. He knows that fans want to see the stars, and he said good for the NBA for you know yeah. making these rules to try to offset that. Uh, speaking of Magic Johnson, we've got a couple minutes left here. I know he's one of the owners of the Commanders. Uh What's going on with the head coaching search? I thought they were going to get the Lions offensive coordinator. (sighs) Well, everybody thought that. And then Ben Johnson did not pull a very smart move because apparently he informed the Commanders or someone with the Commanders that he was not taking the job while they were on a flight to go see him. So if you're going to turn someone down, don't do that while they're in the air on a plane ready to visit you. You might want to discuss it with them first and then do it in person. So that is a bad look. I'm not knocking the guy because he didn't take the job. That's certainly his right, but there's a way to handle that. And right now, I don't know. Dan Quinn is a name that keeps popping up, but certainly Ben Johnson was the first choice for this franchise. And just, what was it, last week? I think everyone within the organization or even most experts thought it's only a matter of time. We just have to wait and see what happens to the Lions. And so 
this was a real shock. I, I don't know if they're going to restart the process. They brought in a lot of new people as part of the reorganization, which I think everyone's excited about. But Chelsea, I have no idea what they're going to do now. <sighs> and it feels like they're running out of candidates. Like how yeah. many qualified candidates are there really for a head coaching job in the NFL? Mm -hmm. It feels like the pool is pretty small. And I have complained about the coaching carousel, like, oh, we're hiring this guy again. But seriously, like how many guys are qualified to be a head coach in the NFL? It feels like there's not that many. No, there's not. It's difficult. And it's really difficult in the NFL because known commodities are what coaching searches generally end up with, right? So it's hard to really say, let's go with someone who hasn't done it before, maybe an inspired choice. The NFL is not very good at that. Well, and especially if you hire like a tight ends coach and he's <laughs> absolutely terrible and people are like, well, he's never even run an offense. So why could <laughs> he run an entire team? For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.